Hi, everyone. Welcome to Built on Hope, a podcast about competitive Imperial Assault. In this episode, we discuss our recommendations if you want to start playing a Jedi Force Users list, especially if you're new to the game. So how we're going to structure this episode is we're going to first start out discussing list building with Isaac, David, and myself. I am going to then go away and build a list, and Dave and I are going to get some test games in. Then we're going to wrap up just Dave and I with some thoughts on how it went. Hope you enjoy the episode. All right, so for some news update, so for for the most recent season five, there was a update on the 29th of March, the 5.2 update. And so definitely check the IACP website to double check if you are playing Dr. Afra HK-47 using the Soldier Claudite form, Fury of Kashyyyk, General's Ranks, or Mara Jade because they have had some tweaks. Some of them minor wording changes and some of them more significant changes. Now, the community vote is ending at this time and competitive play period is going to start the 12th of April. And what that means is we're going to have a three-month competitive play period where it's going to be the IACP approved cards only before we start the new testing period. Now, at this time, we don't have the results of the community vote yet, so check in again a little bit later and if there's any significant changes. Also, on the 29th of March, when we had the 5.2 update, there was a map rotation as well. So Java's Palace has now been put into rotation, replacing ISB headquarters. So the current maps that are in rotation at the moment are Java's Palace, Coruscant Senate Office, and Chopper Base Atalon. Uh, and also, David, you wanted to say something about Expo. Sure, yeah. So we are looking at coming out of lockdown, hopefully, and thought about putting on a big event here in the UK. So I've been talking a bit to the folks at UK Games Expo, uh, which will happen in Birmingham and run from the 30th of July to the 1st of August. So this isn't a for sure organized event yet because Expo may or may not go ahead. However, they have agreed to chat with us about it and we are talking about how to put an event on there. So far, we have done a survey on the Imperial Assault UK Facebook group and we should have around 20 players. Hopefully more, if any, international folks can make it over. But understandably, that's really hard uh, right now with the state of the world. Yeah, so basically with the interest that we have, if UK Games Expo does actually go ahead, then we will most likely have an IACP event because there are enough of us that are interested in holding one. But again, that is really dependent on whether or not Games Expo goes ahead at all. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great expo in general, and there are rumors that maybe Jake is coming. Mm. We have reserved hotel for that weekend as well. So definitely something we hope will happen. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to see some of you there. Okay, great. Uh, that's it for news. And don't forget to check with the IACP website because the final changes to Season 5 will be coming out very shortly. And also, you can participate in discussions about the uh, IACP in the Science Finest Slack. And there's also a Reddit for discussions about IACP as well. You can also email us at builtonhopeia at gmail.com. 
All right, that's it for news, and we'll get right in into discussing Jedi Force user lists. Um, so what I thought we would do is go through all of the Force users that there are available and kind of discuss the pros and cons, why you would bring some of them, what might be more difficult to play, what is easier to play, especially since we're kind of thinking about a beginner-friendly list. Okay, so first up is at 11 points with the IACP version, Jedi Luke. Thoughts? So Jedi Luke is a very, very interesting figure. He, he has the most health out of any Rebel Force user. That alone means that he is going to be forgivable if you are a new player. The more health you have, the more forgivable the figure is going to be because you can make mistakes and you're still going to be usually okay. However, his defensive profile isn't really anything to sing home, but just a white die and extra base. So I find Luke to be a very fun figure. I've played against a lot of different Jedi lists by a lot of different players. It's usually the real the real veterans of the game who play Luke because he's not that easy to play. Yes, he can form a lot of attacks, but the pure value points by points isn't really there compared with some of the other Jedi we're going to talk about in a bit. So I think he's great. I think if you really love a Luke Skywalker figure, this is the Luke Skywalker you're going to put in. You're not going to put in Hero of the Rebellion. Put in the Jedi one if you want, but I would not recommend this one to a beginner, personally. So the only reason I would choose it as a beginner figure is because you have that option of extra attacks. So let's say, for example, that you don't have your positioning quite right. You had to use both of your actions to get into position. You still are able to attack. And also, you have the uh, Son of Skywalker ability as well. That kind of mitigates some positioning issues. You can still pull off something with his activation, with a second activation, if you weren't so good about the positioning. However, on the flip side of that is that the points. It does cost a lot of points, and then if you misplay him, then you're losing quite a lot of points in one figure. So I, I actually don't like Jedi Luke so much for beginner lists. I mean, I don't really view him as that forgiving because of his points to health ratio. Yeah. I think just having a lot of health on one figure doesn't help so much. That's a fair point, yeah. If he gets blown up, that's not great. On the other hand, I do, I do like Son of Skywalker. It might be a little expensive on the command points side though there's a lot of really good stuff you want to fit into a jedi list as well absolutely yeah. i do think one of the big things that luke does have going for him is that he is a brawler it just gives you more flexibility if you were to run him and some of the other jedi we're going to talk about in a second to have a kind of brawler guardian keyword it does give you more flexibility with your lists with stuff like some command cards we'll talk about later such as parry and stuff brawler command cards are pretty beginner friendly uh they're they're mm. not too complicated they're basically just hit harder and you have a couple like you said brawler guardian cards that is defense wise which makes a lot of sense in a rebel force users list okay so we've got some pros and cons of jedi luke next up we've got ahsoka what do we think I really like her for the movement and that flexibility at the start of her turn that allows you to be able to get some stuff happening for free, basically. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. As far as I see it, in my opinion, Ahsoka is the second best uh, Rebel Force user in the game. Second to another one, we're going to touch on in a second. The th strong things about Ahsoka is just everything. 
everything about her just screams prominent value. She is one of the fastest models in the game. The ability to move 8 and attack is almost unseen by anyone except for Jedi Knight Luke, and she is 4 points cheaper. Her surge abilities are excellent, vigor, just like you said. It's so flexible in that you can either gain the 2 million points if you need them, or gain a block power token, which you might want, considering her command card is very, very good when she has a block token. And, but also the twin sabers rule cannot be underestimated. The ability to re-roll your opponent's defense dice when they get a dodge, or if you're attacking Vader and he rolls that 6 block, which everyone hates to see except for Vader players, that is so, so valuable. You're not going to always do it on attack because having to roll all attack dice isn't great, but just having that flexibility, I think for a beginner, when you're a beginner, you don't really want to be running into dodge after dodge after dodge after dodge. If that's your first game, you're not really going to have a very fun time. So being able to have some kind of dodge mitigation effect would be good. But as far as non-beginner stuff goes, the reason she is so good is because of the spy trait. A Jedi spy just gives you right. easy access to getting the super powerful spy splash into your list. For a beginner, I probably wouldn't suggest too many spy tricks. Maybe throw in an interleak if you have her, but not, you know, stretch shift and comms disruption and stuff. And she does give you options to make plays but can be pretty dangerous because uh, if you misestimate what you're going to get out of your big play, she can go down really quick. Definitely high up there on the list. Next up, we have Diala Pasil. ICP really, really got her a boost. And she also is one of my favorite force users for Rebels because of her ability for movement and positioning based things. So her force throw, once during your activation, you may suffer one strain to choose another small figure within three spaces, push that figure up to two spaces. So that is really flexible. You can either push enemies around that you didn't quite get into position with you can also push your own figures right yeah especially as a beginner i find positioning is really tricky and especially if you just don't get quite there in order to make a big play happen that is really really valuable and giving her that um, becoming focused so then she has a three dice attack is also really good and she has the defensive abilities as well with the being able to re-roll the defense die yeah, I think Diala is probably the most Jedi-like figure in the game, even out of the Jedi. She's the only one that runs around force-pushing things and lightsabering things. <laughs> exactly. I've been alluding to this. In my opinion, Diala is not only very, very good. In my opinion, she is the best Rebel Force user in the game for her points. The things that Diala can do are absolutely incredible. Auto-focusing means that, as a beginner, you do not have to think about giving her a focus token, which means it, there's just a little bit less thought involved. You know that she's always going to have her green, green, red attack, which is a good one. It would be If she had a reroll, she would be perfect. She doesn't, which is why she's not overpowered, which is ultimately a good thing. But that force throw ability, it is insane. We spoke about how Ahsoka is so good because of how fast she is. And for a new player, let's just put these numbers into perspective. Ahsoka can use Vigor to move two spaces, or rather gain two movement points, and then move six spaces with her force jump action. So for one action, you've now moved eight spaces, usually through most terrain. What can Diala do? Well, she has speed five, and then for free, she can suffer a strain, so not really free, but action-wise, to then push a figure two spaces. That means if they are, if you really want to attack the Emperor, but he's in a corner completely surrounded by other enemy units, so you have you would have to go for the stormtroopers or officers first. There's nothing Ahsoka can do about that. But Diala, just take a strain, push him out there, and then slash him. Diala is so so good. Every single journalist I make 
she goes first in. And the synergies with her brawler keyword and force throw is amazing. There is this command card called Parting Blow. What it does is that when an adjacent hostile figure leaves a space adjacent to you, you may interrupt to perform an attack targeting them. Diala is one of the few figures in the game who, without playing any command cards, can trigger that off herself, which is absolutely absurd. She can run up five, attack someone, then force throw them away, play Parting Blow to then get another attack in. She is amazing, and I, I put her into every Jedi list for that reason. Yeah, I think definitely Diala, very, very strong choice for a Force user list. And because she has that kind of flexibility, it's quite easy to play her. You still obviously can get into trouble if you misposition her, but with her moving, positioning, with Force throw, and also her defensive reroll, uh, it makes her if she gets into a sticky situation, a bit more survivable as well. And with 12 health is pretty decent health for the points. Exactly. I mean, she has the same health as Ahsoka, and she gets a reroll instead of the ability to gain block power token. So it's, it's kind of the same. You are paying one more point, but it's because Diala's flexibility is so far beyond Ahsoka's. Even though Ahsoka is great, the things Diala offers to your game, you have to play a game with her or against her before you really understand what it is we are talking about. But yeah, I cannot recommend Diala enough, both for veterans and beginners. She's probably my first choice as well. Next, we have Kanan Jarrus. Now, I feel like he's kind of come down a bit in the in the league in terms of Force users with kind of the Spectre Cell era leaving us. I don't see him getting played so much. And I find that with his Force Vision having to remember to use that at the start of his activation and also that his Sorisu form, while a friendly figure within three spaces is defending, it may reroll a defense die because then you have to position your other figures figures close to him, it becomes a little bit more tricky and there's a little bit more thought having to be involved. I feel like he's not so beginner friendly. Yeah, I think that's that's probably true. I mean, the reroll is good, but he's not that defensible these days. He has a little bit of trouble keeping up with the other two that we just talked about. Yeah, I, I think that's, that is really Kayan's biggest issue from from a competitive standpoint the main reason you wouldn't run kaden is because of his low speed almost all the jedi they have very high speed or they have an ability to gain extra movement or to push enemy figures or something like that kaden doesn't have anything like that he's still a very good figure i've seen him be run at a lot of tournaments and even in icp tournaments after his horrible days of specter cell um i've seen lists featuring kaden do very very well but he's just not very beginner friendly is the issue force vision is is an ability that even the most experienced players forget about because it's such a weird ability. Ceriso form, yeah, that's an ability that you do have to know positioning so you know where to put him to get the most value out of it. The good thing about him, though, is that he do- he is arguably the most defensive Jedi in the game because with health, health 14, a black die, and a free reroll, that is very, very, very good. Yeah. Agree. Okay, let's move on. So, you can't talk about Kanan without speaking about Ezra. I personally feel like Ezra is really, really strong for his points, and especially he has that surge for recover, which makes him very annoying. I find he's a really strong contender, but most people wouldn't put him in a beginner-friendly list because of the brash is, number one, easy to forget to use, and also can be very easily misused. So we talked about how Kanan can't really keep up. Generally, you would want to keep Ezra and Kanan together, but because 
because Ezra is so much faster, he generally leaves other people behind. But I feel like you can kind of synergize him with uh, like Ahsoka, who would be able to keep up with him, and then they can make a really strong first strike. And I think for the points, he is quite good. Yeah, I, I think you're right on the nose there, Jess. The thing with Ezra is he is one of the best Jedi in the game. He is very, very, very hotly contesting Ahsoka for that second place spot. And now that I think about it, maybe he overtakes Ahsoka. I, don't, I still don't think he's as quite as good as Diala, but he is He's so good. For a beginner, I think I see the argument that maybe it's not the best idea for a beginner because of how hard Brash is to remember and much to learn is basically the opposite of Kanan's ability. Kanan is uh, friendly force users within three get to reroll a defense die, non-force users get self-restrain. Whereas Ezra is if there is a friendly force user within three, you get to turn a die to any side, which is bar none the most powerful ability in the game on a deployment card. I am not kidding you. So for that reason alone, he is an amazingly good choice in any list, and his surge abilities are great. Plus two PS3 Recover 2 is surprisingly good. If you haven't played with or against Ezra, that Recover 2 is, doesn't look like much, but trust me when I say it will save you out of so many pickles. Um, but I do think that you're right. I honestly would put him in a beginner's list because... Yes, Brash is a little bit hard to remember. Yes, much to learn isn't the easiest thing to set up if you're new to the game. But he is such a fundamental figure, and he teaches game fundamentals. Start around movement and positioning to gain buffs. That is a very good thing to learn when you're a new player to the game. So I don't think he's an auto-include in any Jedi list. But depending on who is the player trying out Jedi, I, I, might, I, I can see a reason to put it in. Yeah, I think he's also an include for me. I don't, I don't see forgetting Brash as that big a deal. You know, if you, if you forget it, then you didn't set yourself up for whatever combo you were going to pull off, but that's okay. It'll teach you to remember things, you know, a little bit better in the future. He is one of the few Jedi that retained, you know, that full recover ability. I, re I remember for a time, it seemed like a lot of them had it but not, not so much anymore. And it can be so annoying, especially if he's pummeling or whatever. Ezra can just heal himself all the way up and just makes your opponent so mad. He also has great defense. He's got built-in block. And I think if you manage to armor him up a bit more, which we'll probably talk about later, you know, he, he is deceptively survivable. Yeah. Absolutely. And next up, we've got Obi-Wan. I think actually Obi-Wan is a really nice choice for a beginner Force users list, especially because he has that thing where when he inevitably is defeated, you get something back for it. And this I suffer from all the time is that especially playing a melee list uh, as kind of a less experienced player, you get you get your figures killed. You know, like this is this is just going to happen, and at least here we get something back for it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I find Obi Wan to be a very, very good figure. I don't think he's in the top three or four Jedi just from a obvious value standpoint. I think that he's obviously mission dependent because Alter Mind is a very, very powerful, powerful ability in the right circumstance. And what Ultimate is, is that enemy figures with a cost of 9 or less within 3 spaces cannot interact and they are not counted for the purposes of control, which just gives you a lot more board presence with Obi-Wan, being able to go up and control and contest an objective and you know that, okay, 
there's nothing my opponent can do about this unless they have something really big like a Boba Fett or a Vader or an ACST. Unless they have that, they are not going to be able to take this objective from you, which I think is cool. Like you said, Jess, Into the Force is great. And his defensive profile is very, very good. Black Die with an Evade is one of the strongest defensive characteristics in the game, and that cannot be underestimated. Strike Me Down is an ability which lets you, when an attack targeting you is declared, basically you may reduce your cost to four and then immediately die. So instead of risking the dice, if you think you're going to die, you can give up three less points and then just automatically die instead. That is going to take some getting used to the maths of Imperial Assault to be able to get to work well. But I just think that generally the things that he does, he's almost as defensive as Kanan, arguably more depending on how much you value the evade. Really depends on what you're going up against. But his abilities are a lot easier to use. And therefore, I would probably be putting him, even though he's slow, I would probably be putting him in most beginner's lists as well. Yeah, as well with the alter mind and the ability to control the objective points more easily, I feel like makes a big difference in a force users list that it's going to have fewer figures on the board Mm -hmm. so if you have these really amazing figures that are going to be offensive getting in your face they're they're worth more than if you have let's say trooper swarm so the fact that you aren't going to be able to outnumber a list that is going to prioritize putting a lot of figures on the board this kind of mitigates that in a objective mission uh, a little bit I really like Obi-Wan, I think because of the built-in evade. My view is that if you're playing a new new player list, you want it to be a bit forgivable. So out of all the Jedi, I mean, if you throw a couple of block tokens on him again, he, he gets to be as tanky as Boba Fett. And he's quite cheap, you know, he'll, he'll soak up a lot of damage before he goes down. Absolutely. And I also think something very important to consider is that he is your resident guardian for your Jedi list. But the fact that he is a Guardian means that if you're running Diala and you're running Obi-Wan, I would recommend putting something like Parry into the list, which is a command card which only Guardians or Brawlers can use, which allows you to add a block or evade to the defense results. An amazing card, but because it's Brawler or Guardian, not all Force users can use it. And if you're running Obi-Wan, you're definitely going to take Diala, you might as well put it in. So that is another good reason to put him in the list. Good point. Now, We're going to skip over Davith because he's getting a rework in Season 5, and so we we want to kind of just discuss things that have been kind of settled on. The last one here is Yoda, which is kind of the only Force users that is currently in the roster that is not a offensive unit. He's not really there for attacking. He's more of a support unit. I find that he's pretty tricky to play really well but he does have a lower point cost than others other figures so it is a it's not too hard to kind of fit him in but i i do find because he's not giving you that extra offensive power you're having to think a little bit more about your strategy versus just going all in on offense yeah, I don't I don't really like Yoda for a beginner list too. So he's not that many points, but he is a support unit in the end. And if you bring Yoda and you bring one more focus support, you're probably spending more points on support than if you had just brought, you know, the normal three PO Gideon combo. Yeah, exactly. I, I think Yoda is I've seen him play to devastating effects and win tournaments left, right and center. But for, a, but for a beginner, he's really not what you want to go for. Calming Presence, 
wisdom, force deflection, those are all very strange abilities that are hard to get off well. If I'm trying to teach the game fundamentals to someone, I wouldn't give them Yoda. But if I'm, you know, creating or running one of those learn-to-play events where the whole point is to make themed lists go up against each other, then sure, you know, if I'm doing an original trilogy themed list, then definitely put the Yoda in because he's a very, very good figure. But if we're just trying to build a list which is classic Force users for a beginner, I would not put Yoda in. Yeah, I mean, also, if somebody just loves any one of these characters, they should probably play them. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. Totally. Yeah, and also another thing that I have struggled with Yoda as well is that his speed is three. So that's also quite tricky, especially because you want to have him be kind of close to other friendly figures in order to to help them out. But it's more difficult to have him position properly. Okay, so that's it for the Force users. But we can't talk about a Rebel list without talking Rebel Care Package. David, do you want to talk us through Rebel Care Package? Yeah, sure. I mean, there are many names for it. Something no, with landing gears. No, it's Care Package. <laughs> There's no such thing as Rebel Landing Gear or Landing Wheels or whatever. It doesn't exist. I mean, to, to me, honestly, it's really... Maybe because I play mostly Scum, it's really Gideon and 3PO are are the main components and then you you might want something to do with card draw so you've got r2 or uh, rebel high command as options there uh, you can also add in things like balance of the force try to get a few more command card points but for a jedi list especially for beginners i would definitely recommend channel the force in terms of upgrades Interesting. Okay. So channel channel the force, and then you would include the knowledge and defense card in your deck, and you just have that you know guaranteed draw and incredibly defensive tech available the whole game. So tell us, what does the channel the force do, David? All right. So channel the force lets you, um, when you are supposed to draw a command card, instead you can take strain and you can search your deck and grab any command card you want. So you probably don't want to do it every time you draw a card, but at, at least that first time, you know, just getting that knowledge and defense in your opening hand, I think is worth one point. Yeah, I feel like for a beginner list, this makes sense to me because you want to kind of mitigate there being surprises, right? So if you can then get to the cards that you want, you can kind of feel a bit more confident in your strategy, right? Yeah, I think that's pretty much exactly what you are looking for. When you are building a list, the vast majority of your points are going to go towards your attackers. But usually, it really depends on your list, but you're probably going to spend between four and eight, I want to say, points on some kind of support for you. And if you are a rebel list, you are almost always going to take 3PO. You are almost always going to take something which gives you the ability to gain extra cards and have a terminal sitter. That cannot be overstated, because if you only go for 3PO, then unless you are standing 3PO next to the terminal, also known as not doing anything with him the entire game, you are losing a ton of card draw, which means that I would either put in R2, because not only does R2 give you an extra card around, R2's value is that he is a figure whose job is to be at your terminal which means you're always going to have a figure adjacent to the terminal end of the round to give you an additional card. So the way I see R2, R2 gives you two extra cards around, not one. But if you really can't get the points for R2, I would grab Gideon 
and Rebel High Command, because Gideon can take the terminal, and from the terminal, because he can focus anyone in his line of sight, he can pretty easily go two away from the terminal, focus someone, and then go two back, and then have High Command to get that second card around as well. But personally, I think R2 is the much easier way to go if you're a beginner. Yeah, the kind of 3PO Gideon draw there is that Gideon, it's line of sight, like you said, you don't have to be near your force users. So if you have force users who are really fast that are diving in there, if you can pull off some line of sight shenanigans, you can still focus them across the map. Whereas 3PO is quite slow and he does have to be he does have to be adjacent to focus. And also he wants to be adjacent to his friendly figures in order to be distracting as well his other ability where he then increases the chances of surviving attacks, increasing the defensive capabilities of, of your team. So that's a little bit tricky because he is so slow. Yeah, exactly. I think I think that's all, all true. And I mean, that's definitely true if you want to get the most out of 3PO. But the reality is that you can usually get two focuses out of him, even if he's sitting on the terminal, right? And it, we're talking about a three slash four round game. So if you just leave him there, you're giving up one or two focus tokens and you're gonna you know lose out on his defensive ability which may or may not work out so that that is big um i think as isaac said but on the other hand for a new player he's only two points right so you're not paying a lot for that terminal sitter and and that difference between you know what he can do for you minimally focusing twice and sitting there versus what he can do you know if you play him perfectly and you had another terminal sitter isn't that big and in my opinion, I think for a new player, it's more valuable to have more hitters. So I guess we call this depth of roster, which basically talks about how many figures you can lose before your list stops being able to fight. Mm. Yeah, so if you think about a, a list that's like Han Rangers, for example, it's really Han and the three Rangers, and if they die, you, you have a tough time killing anything. But if, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but if if you're looking at something that's like a trooper swarm lists, you know, from from the olden days, you have to kill every single trooper before they really stop shooting at you. Yeah, I think you raise a very very good point there that for beginners, getting only two focuses out and then just having three people being on the terminal that actually isn't too bad if that means that instead of R two Gideon and High Command, you now have eight points to put into a fifth Jedi which is pretty big. Yeah, especially because a lot of the Jedi, you know, are pretty good at attacking and Diala's even focusing herself, so she doesn't need so much help. Uh, I also think something we should talk about is if you are running a Jedi list, then 100% of the time, unless you are not running a Jedi list, <laughs> you are going to have this card called Heroic Effort in your list. So Heroic Effort is a zero-cost, unique skirmish upgrade card, which you can only include in your list if all deployment cards in your unit, in your army, are unique. Which means that when you are running Jedi, unless you are putting in a regular smuggler as your terminal sitter, which I don't see why you ever would, because R2 or 3PO are just better at it, or if you are replacing some Jedi with some troopers, in which case, again, it is not a Jedi list, then you are always going to have the ability to put this card in, because you're always going to have only unique units, 
and heroic effort is zero points, so it doesn't cost you anything. What it does is that when one of your figures dies, you may draw a command card and then place one command card from your hand on the bottom of your deck. The problem with this card is just that when you are a beginner, you are not going to remember the trigger. <laughs> the amount of players who I've seen yep. who have played the game for five, six, four, five, six years still remember this card when they use it. There's no reason not to put it in because it doesn't cost you anything and you might as well have it in the back of your head as a reminder because who knows, maybe you try out a Jedi and you realize, wow, I'm new to the game of Imperial Assault, but Jedi is really where it's at. This is what I love about the game. I really enjoyed this. Then you are going to use Heroic Effort, so you might as well start getting used to it. So I would always put it in, but just, it's good, but don't worry if you forget about it. It's not like forgetting about Ezra's Turn a Die ability, which is a huge, game-changing, super powerful ability. Card cycling is good, don't get me wrong, but for a new player who doesn't really know the value of each individual command card, I mean, just use it, get a feel for it. Eventually you'll get the hang of it, but just don't trip yourself up trying to master the card which doesn't need to be mastered if that makes sense yeah i mean ev everyone was forgetting about it even at world championships anyways there's, yeah, there's exactly. no shame in i can't see a situation where you would build a force users list that ends up with non-unique figures in it it doesn't it just doesn't make sense all right so what are the skirmish upgrades or the other skirmish upgrades that you guys would consider i've definitely got some in mind but i'm curious to hear what you guys i think i think for extra a, armor yeah for a for yeah. a new player list <laughs> You know, two copies of extra armor. Ooh, There's two copies. No question. Mm. Well, if if you think about all our discussions related to um, points efficiency and how much health you get per point, it usually boils down to one point getting you two or more health being very good, and you you just realize the extra armor gives you effectively four for one point. So you can get eight for two points, and that's so forgiving. You stack that on Obi-Wan, you stack that on Ezra, you know, and then Ahsoka's picking up more block tokens, and suddenly everyone has all kinds of defense. Yeah, this is my pick for a beginner list because you kind of have to think about when you're inexperienced, you have to pick kind of one strategy. It's much harder to change what your strategy is on the fly. So the easiest kind of thing to go for is playing aggressively, which is a very valid play strategy. I mean, I'm speaking from experience here. That's just generally what I go for. I'm not so great at playing defensively and playing the like kind of hang back and picking my moment. I like to try to go in early, hit people hard, try to take points off of the other team, making my time a little bit easier. Extra armor takes no thought because you set it up at the start of the game and you don't have to think about triggers for it or anything like that. Well, you you do have to remember to spend your block tokens. Yeah. That is true. That's true. Which honestly is a good thing for beginners to be able to learn because the most intricate part of Imperial Assault, apart from the really high level things about tempo control and activation padding and things like that, is the combat phase. Every attack has, I believe, seven individual steps. And for a beginner, that sounds really daunting. Seven steps for one attack? That's ridiculous. Yes, it is. And you better get used to it. Um, so the more abilities that you can just very simply get to grasps with, which revolve around the different steps, as a beginner, the better. So those four block power tokens are great because it just teaches you that, all right, so I'm under attack. I'm now going to spend a block token after you spend your, your things on declare, you spend your attack power tokens, and so forth. So both from a just value standpoint, it's great. 
from a thinking standpoint, it's great because again, there's really no thought required. And from a learn the game perspective, it's absolutely amazing as well. Yeah, definitely. And our last world champion, Brett, ran extra armor, so it's got the full you know world championship endorsement. Yes, exactly. The irony being that <laughs> that wasn't even quote unquote supposed to happen because everyone said. I mean, the initial debate on Spectre Sale was, okay, do you take Doubt or Extra Armor? Uh, and then right before Worlds, everyone was like, no, don't take any of those. Everyone take Motivation. And then the finals turned out to be Spectre Sale, Extra Armor versus Doubt, which was amazing. <laughs> doubt definitely do not take as for a beginner what list. I think it's just, I, it's weird to uh, use. I, I actually disagree there. I mean, I, I get what you mean that it is weird to use. The whole deplete thing, is I wouldn't think about that too much if you're a beginner, unless you have tough luck in your command deck, which lets you remove your opponent's dice after it's been re-rolled. I really wouldn't suggest using that part of doubt. However, what I do like about that is that for a beginner, again, we're talking about how being forgiving is kind of a prerequisite of a good learn-to-play list. And Doubt does that for you. Doubt is your ability to remove your opponent's focus tokens, remove their defense tokens, remove their power tokens. And that just gives you more consistency because a Han without focus is a lot less scary, which means you are going to take a lot less damage, which means you are going to be able to do what you want to do easier. So Doubt isn't my first choice for a beginner list, but I think that if you've got one point left, you've already got extra armor, you've already got... Channel the Force, if that's what you want to run, I don't think it's an auto-include in Jedi list, but I think it's very good. I think it's a good, very good case to have made for doubt. Fair point. All right, let's talk command cards. My number one pick auto-include is Knowledge and Defense. I feel like defense stacking on a beginner Force users list is really good. It takes it, it kind of mitigates that if you make a mistake and you get your figures into a sticky situation it allows them to survive a little bit longer yeah 100 percent. if you're building a force user list knowledge and defense is i mean you put this one in before taking initiative and element surprise even though you are 100 percent going to put those in as well but knowledge and defense is the first force user card you consider because of how good it is i think you're completely right there jess Mm-hmm. And then also you have the get behind me. It's Guardian or Rebel Force user. Then you can kind of spread out your damage to where it makes the most sense and is best for you. Yeah, for a beginner's list, I'm not sure I would. I think get behind me is a fine card. I wouldn't put it as one of my first cards in the command deck because, again, it requires a little bit of knowledge about the game. And, you know, you do kind of need to know, okay, so this is now a figure attacking this figure with this attack pool against this defense characteristic. And you want to make sure that you are maximizing the value you're getting out and spraying damage around. But, you know, as a beginner, you might think that a focused Tarn attacking your full health Ahsoka instead of your one health left Obi-Wan is great because Obi-Wan gets to stay alive. But no, when you learn the game then a little more, you'll realize, well, actually... I don't really want to take 7 to 8 damage on on Ahsoka for no reason when I can just lose Obi-Wan and just be done with it and more or less waste that focus. So I think it's a good card. It's I put it in every Force user list, but for a beginner, not an auto-include. I think it's also a little bit worse if, you know, as as we're recommending, you don't run Yoda, because Yoda 
tends to be this walking health pool that you you want to spend at some point and get behind me forces your <laughs> opponent to shoot at him but if you don't have yoda all your other jedi are probably things that you want to keep alive yeah that is a fair point all right david what are your auto includes then for command cards or strong contenders uh so yeah elements take initiative negation i think are are the top three you probably want a couple of copies of pummel as well because you have you have pummel. ezra well okay I'm, I'm assuming you have ezra but you may not have ezra you may or may not have diala or ahsoka all of who move around a little bit and then get that double attack off or or move the uh, opponent's figures around and get that double attack off so that's that's very powerful i also really like the both of the one point cards that just add a defense dice to your pool stealth tactics embrace for impact i mean they're they're both amazing they're like a almost like a tiny knowledge and defense and if you're gonna stack defense you should really stack enough that it overwhelms them i think would you take deflection? I think for a beginner's list, it's fine. I I wouldn't suggest it. I mean, it, again, it depends if you are if you are a veteran player who is creating lists for beginners, and you want to have a stormtrooper list versus a Jedi list, then yeah, definitely put it in. But it is so matchup specific that I wouldn't really suggest it for a new player. Yeah, that's true. You you don't really want dead cards in certain matchups. Yeah. So also, I think. I think that for me, the cards I see as, or rather the cards I add first in a Jedi Force user list, um, first and foremost, it's obviously knowledge and defense. Second for me is actually Heart of Freedom. And the reason for that is that Heart of Freedom is just such a good card. Any of your figures can use it if you are running this pure rebel list. It gets rid of a harmful condition and lets you heal two damage. The the value there is just, I, I it should speak for itself, even if you're new to the game. It gives you more health, which is more value and more resources through your health pool. It stops your opponent. It, you know, if you've if you're going up against an opponent who's really annoying, maybe it's not even just a big stun. Maybe it's just a weaken. Diallo with a weaken is very very sad. <laughs> Diallo does not like having the weaken condition. So if you can get rid of that condition before your attack, it's huge. And if you're stunned, it is the difference between an attack and not an attack. So yeah, that's definitely my second pick. Yeah, and I think leading on from that, you want almost all of the movement cards because movement yeah. is so 100%. important. Yeah, and it's it's really good as a new player to have that to help you out. Yeah, I find positioning really tricky. That, that would include the urgency. I think force surge also is a really good one to put in there. Oh, yeah. A uh, two damage, one strain, unblockable to an adjacent figure is yeah. So for for surge, you just play at the end of your activation on any figure, and you can deal some extra damage, finish stuff off. It's great. Fleet footed, where you just get one point of movement, also very good. You've got force rush as well. That's just two movement points. Yes, and force rush is it's just so good. And it's zero cost. Exactly. In an all list, you're going to take Force Rush instead of Fleet Footers if you if you can't fit both of them in. Just because, as almost all any of your figures can use it, it is just objectively better. Because it's two movement points instead of one. And then I, th I think if you're playing Diala, you'll want the Parting Blows. Ooh, yeah, Parting Blow is sweet. <laughs> I actually disagree there. But Parting Blow is amazing, but... As they are two cards, you're probably going to put two in the deck. Only one of your figures can use it, and you are 
taking a stun as a cost. I honestly wouldn't consider, for a beginner, unless you are taking Maul and Yoda to really be able to stop you from getting hurt by those stuns after the parting blow, I wouldn't suggest it. And at that point, if you've got Yoda and Maul, that's not really something I would consider a easy-to-play beginner's list. Yeah, that's that's true. The value of more attacks is great, but you're sacrificing an attack for an attack is basically how it works. So I think for, for a beginner, just get used to using your regular attacks and get to know those before you learn the value of doubling that value. I think we, we could maybe take a minute to talk about character-specific cards and which ones are worth taking. Why don't we start with Ahsoka, I guess? I think hers is great. Uh, right back at you. It just instantly does damage to her attacker. And if she's got a block token, it does even more damage. If they die, the attack is just cancelled. Yeah, this is one of the best cards for the Jedi Force users, and as far as the character-specific ones go. It's so, so forgiving, and again, because you're probably going to run two sets of extra armor in your list, your Ahsoka is always going to have a power token on hand, and that three damage is devastating. Because, I mean, let's just look at it. If you manage to deal four damage to a jet troop in one attack, it now knows that it cannot attack Ahsoka without dying if you have the card. And those mind games are really, really big. I wouldn't say it's an auto-include. I think there are easier-to-play cards for one cost, for one point, for a beginner, because this is a card which is dependent on your opponent playing into your hands. And you have to remember to play it when your opponent does something. Whereas some of the other one-point cards are pretty simple, such as Deathblow. Play this when you declare an attack to apply plus two damage. So I think it's good. It's definitely good. Put it in a list if you're going for competitive. If you're new to the game, I think there are easy options to get to learn the game. Yeah, Deathblow is, is a really great one. I think the only other character-specific card I would play around with maybe is uh, is the Sarlacc Sweep, Diala's card. Mm. Ooh, that is a good one. It, it is very, very good for what for the points. It it gives you an extra attack that has to be next to you. It, it's just hard to use. It, it's hard to use. I, I it's good. I wouldn't really suggest it because again, the rebel figure cards and the force user cards are so good as is and so expensive that you are probably going to have to sacrifice a good card to have Sarlacc sweep. And Sarlacc sweep is one of those difficult to play cards. It, it's not like Son of Skywalker, which is just I have it, I play it, easy. It's you, you have to play around it. But it's still a good it's still a good one. I mean if you if you really like DL and want her to be your centerpiece, and I think there's a perfectly good argument to be made why she should be your centerpiece. I can see a good reason for it. Yeah, other than that, I don't like any of the other sort of signature cards from the Force users. Barring Son of Skywalker, I presume. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like, if you're running Luke, you put that card in. Yeah, that card is stapled to his forehead. Yeah, exactly. If it means you have to drop negation, then you drop negation. <laughs> I mean, you're not dropping negation, you're dropping something else. But you, you, yeah, you, I was like, what? Yeah. No, I was like, no. Yeah, I, I mean, you get the gist. Sun Skywalker is what makes the Luke Skywalker figure work. His stats are okay, but the ability to activate twice in a round is obscene doesn't matter how mad your stats are. So, yeah, I, th I think Sarlacc's going to work. If you're taking it, you're going to take it. I think Sarlacc's week is kind of my line for, you know, being good and usable, and all the others get really situational. Yeah, exactly. I think if you're running Kanan, because you really like the character, then you're probably going to put his in, because it is a very, very good card. But apart from that, nothing really excites me. Ezra's card is meh. 
Oh yeah. Over ones is meh. <laughs> yeah, it, it, there's just a whole lot of meh. Yeah, they're so they're so meh. We're not even gonna talk about them because you new players don't need to know what they do. <laughs> If you're really curious, then, you know, there is the classic.tabletopadmiral.com forward slash imperial assault website, which you can always check out to see all of the cards that exist in the game. All right. So I'll do some deliberations. I will uh, check out the Slack and check out some more comments from some other people in the community, put together a list, play it, make some tweaks, maybe play a few more games, and we'll come back together about a strategies about how to actually play this list. Okay. We'll do that later. All right. So after we had some discussions with Isaac and being involved in those about what figures and command cards we would put into a Jedi Force users list, this is what I came up with and we tested out a bit. So Luke Skywalker, Jedi Luke Skywalker, Diala Pasil, Ahsoka Tano, Ezra Bridger, R2-D2, Gideon Argus, Rebel High Command, and Heroic Effort. So I kind of liked that this was a very offensive unit, that there was enough movement there that they could keep up together. So for example, Ahsoka having extra points, movement points, can keep up potentially with Ezra's brash. Uh, Luke having that option to kind of double move and attack with his free attack option. So basically what I was going for was a very offensive, more mobile Jedi Force users list. Diala also has the option of pushing small figures around to help with positioning as well. So for command cards, I decided to go with Son of Skywalker, obviously. Grizzly Contest, Knowledge and Defense for a little bit of defense. It's just a great, really great defensive card because you can redraw it. Heart of Freedom, Force Surge, Negation, two copies of Pummel, Death Blow, Looking for a Fight, Element of Surprise, Take Initiative, Urgency, Fleet Footed, and Force Rush. So I wanted to put in cards that allowed for mobility to, again, get your figures into the right position because melee figures, it can be tricky to use them if you can't quite get to where you need to be in order to be in base contact. Uh, so I put in things like Force Rush uh, because that's just helpful because all of my figures are Jedis. And you have some offensive cards as well there. Grizzly Contest, Looking for a Fight, Death Blow, Pummels, if you can manage to get that positioning right for more offensive power. So what we then did was David and I played a couple games. I was playing Vader, Double Trandos, and things like Extra Armor, Zillow. Um, I think there was an officer and a death trooper in there. So pretty pretty standard Vader plus some beefy damage dealers to go along with them. Yeah, so what I want to discuss now is how did that go? What are kind of the strengths and, and weaknesses that I found and basically what it was like to play? So I want to discuss it in kind of three categories. One was how fun was it to play? How easy was it to play? And how well did it do? So I found this list to be really, really fun to play. I liked that mobility option because then I, it allowed my figures to be able to get up into melee, hit very hard. I had uh, the Gideon to focus and also Gideon for another bit of movement as well. 
I felt like I had a lot of attacks that I could put in. Now, for ease of play, there was they were all melee figures, so I think that made it a little bit easier because you weren't worrying so much about line of sight in order to get your shots. Because as kind of a beginner player, that's one of the things that I found really difficult was it took me a lot of time to figure out both whether or not I could be shot from my opponent's positioning line of sight. And then I also had to worry about my own. So having all melee figures uh, makes it so that you only have to figure out one set of line of sight. So it just made that kind of processing time for my moves a little faster because that is one of the biggest things about when you're first starting out is that there's just a lot of analysis paralysis. You're trying to analyze a lot of information and that just cut down that bit uh, a little bit. Also, I had one strategy that I was going for, just pure offense. So if you had a team that had a mix of things that they were trying to do, then it would be a little bit more complex. I chose something that was quite easy. All of these figures are just trying to come in and hit very hard. There isn't anything super crazy or super fancy that you're trying to do. For example, if you had more support figures that did a little bit more complex things, like Yoda was definitely recommended when I was discussing this with some people uh, before, but I thought I would cut out the, the difficulty level a little bit and just put in very strong, robust offensive units. Another thing is that because a lot of my figures are offensive units, barring my two supports, there was a lot of fighting power left if I lost some of my figures. So I definitely ran into situations where I would lose one or two figures, but I'd still have quite a lot of firepower left and I could still make a lot of things happen. And that's a lot of health to chew through as well. Uh, in terms of effectiveness, actually, I did surprisingly a lot better than I was expecting. So I chose to just, like I said, use a very offensive technique, just try to put my things in and hit as hard as possible. And it did surprisingly well, considering how many risks I was taking with my figures. So I thought overall it went okay. Yeah, I think it's a pretty good list. You've got a lot of these um playmaking abilities with Ahsoka being, and Ezra being able to rush up. You can also have Diala pull them over to you so you can make safe sort of offensive moves. At, at the same time, you know, if their ability to push forward is better than yours, you can also just take all the Jedi and sort of shove them down the middle, which is really, really strong as well. Mm -hmm. I also found that um, Luke performed really well for me. However, I have heard that people were saying that he is quite inconsistent. Uh, and so if you roll really badly, it can be quite sad. But if you get a focus on him and the ability for him to have that extra attack. So if you can attack twice in one round, then that kind of mitigates that inconsistency because the more times you attack overall you're going to do a decent amount of damage. You can't roll badly so many times. Uh, but that does make it where if you wanted to like consistently take out a target, it made it a little bit more difficult to use. But I played him in situations where either I was very confident I would be able to make the damage or I knew that I was going to have a follow-up attack later on that I could use. Uh, there was a figures with enough health that I needed to do multiple attacks anyways. Yeah, I don't think it, it seemed like Luke needed a reroll in any of our games mm -hmm. but 
that's just a dice effect. Right? Yeah. Who knows? Also, I like the dodge on the white white die. So I know that people have kind of mixed feelings about it, and I like that element of possibly rolling the dodges and possibly not. So I, I find that having all white dies uh, on my list as defense die, I found that part of what I found fun to play about it as well. I find it fun to roll the dodges, but again, it could be, you know, negative from the opponent's point of view. So that is kind of a, a mixed bag depending on the on the person you speak to. I do get the feeling that white die are just stronger than black die now. Mm. I remember when we first started playing the game, there was a lot of math and people debating whether or not white die or black die were better against what kind of attacks. But I, I almost feel like in the current IACP meta, a single black die is not really any defense. Mm -hmm. you know, you're, it's going to get mostly pierced or the, the damage curves are high enough that that little bit of shelf doesn't really help. And instead, it's really nice to have that ability to just blank out the entire attack. Yeah, exactly. And when you get it off, it makes a big difference. It, it really does change the game. So then the tweaks that I made after seeing how it went, number one, I did not draw my Son of Skywalker until the very end. It, it was really at the bottom of my deck. Um, so that was that was a bit frustrating. And I specifically had Rebel High Command plus R2 in order to draw a lot of cards. And I went through my deck pretty quickly, actually. And I started getting into the problem of actually having to always take damage because of the strain from the Trandoshans um, because I had decked out. And going up against Trandoshans with strain, and if you are still waiting to draw your Son of Skywalker, that strain, it's a tough decision whether or not to take it as a card or as damage. So I actually took a lot of strain as damage and didn't actually want to have that option of of accidentally straining out my son of Skywalker, but then that caused my figures to take a lot of damage. So that that was that was a bit tricky, and I decided to put some I, to to tweak it a little bit. So I took out R two and put in C three PO and extra armor, and I think that made a really big difference. So I put basically two block tokens on Ezra and two on Luke. And like it was such a barrier that, David, you didn't even want to try hitting them because it was just so gross. I just didn't have time, really. Because mm -hmm. you, you tend to play your Luke pretty conservative until you've got that Son of Skywalker. And I, I wanted to kill as many figures as possible, whole figures. Mm -hmm. But right. you did play Son of Skywalker in that game. It was still, again, it was at the bottom of my deck again. So... Mm -hmm. I, in, instead of having R2 to try to draw Son of Skywalker, what I did instead is I put in 3PO because then that gave me another focus. And I also decided to take Devotion. And in, and I, I had to basically take out Take Initiative. But I don't like playing with Take Initiative because every time I try to play it, it gets negated. And if I play, assuming that I'm going to be able to play Take Initiative, it just doesn't go well. I put in Devotion. I didn't manage to actually get to play it, but I did draw it, and I had the possibility of playing it. 
So I think that was the right choice. It makes it a little bit more consistent to be able to draw specifically Son of Skywalker because it doesn't really help if you, you know, draw more cards, but it's, if it's at the bottom of the deck, it's going to take you your whole deck anyways, whereas Devotion, you can actually pick that exact card out. Mm-hmm. So I felt pretty good about putting 3PO in. The extra focuses were really strong. Yeah, it, that really helped a lot. Although the it also depends how you roll. I, I remember in the first game against Vader Trandoshans, a couple of the Trandos were one shot by, by Jedi swinging into them. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have the second focus then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. There is a bit of swinginess, but they have a really pretty decent ceiling of how much damage they can do. So I found pretty consistently that Ahsoka was the one that I always lost very early. So definitely one of my recommendations is to just be be a bit careful about the positioning with Ahsoka, because since she has that ability to move pretty far. She has the extra two movement points that she can get and she can do that leap. She can jump in and then end up not being able to get out of that sticky situation. So definitely I try to keep my Jedis together so they can help each other out. Like for example, Diala can push figures around. And I actually really liked 3PO instead of R2 for Another reason is that he's distracting. So being able to put 3PO up near your your figures and helping them out a little bit in the defense area made it a more effective list. So I, I felt pretty good about that tweak. But I mean, most people already know that anyways. It's Gideon 3PO is the focus duo. Yeah, so then after you changed up your list, we played some more. And I was running Double Lothcats, Double Nexu, Loku, Jabba, and 3PO with, with some one-point one cards like Black Market, Beast Tamer. So in, in those games, I think you actually didn't draw Son of Skywalker. No, it was, again, it was at the bottom of my deck. I drew Devotion, but I the positioning wasn't right, so I didn't manage to get 3PO next to Luke to be able to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, the list feels feels pretty good. Yeah, the offensive power was really quite good. They're sturdy enough that they can take a few hits. I also got unlucky in in the game where I didn't draw knowledge and defense early either, which would have really helped with with not losing some figures early. Like I said, Ahsoka, I seem to lose quite early. Diala with the re-roll on the defense die, I thought she would be a little bit sturdier than she was, so I was a little bit too aggressive with her, I think. But they definitely performed pretty well, all things considered. They have that ability to to survive a little bit and take a bit of a beating and also dish it out. So I really liked the combo of the speed and having the the high damage possible. I don't think it's the best list ever, but I think definitely for a starter list, I would say it's a it's a nice one to start with because it's pretty decent to to pick up and play. Ezra's brash is easy to forget, but overall it's pretty straightforward. There's enough on the cards. The unique figures have enough abilities that they don't all feel the same. Like they they definitely have their own strengths that you can play into, but they have a similar play style. Yeah, they've got really great synergy. Mm, exactly, yeah. 
And also, it's fun to play Jedi because of the Star Wars universe, and playing those Force user command cards feels really nice as well. And just to have imagine these kind of cinematic moments of you know using Force push and things like that, and swinging their lightsabers, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. I think some something that really helps hold this list together now are really the Jedi Force user command cards, like that knowledge and defense mm-hmm. and some of the other changes that I, IACP has made. It really does feel like they have quite good synergy, which you know is very different from Imperial Assault back in the day. Definitely. I think there, there are a few Jedi updates perhaps coming as well too right davith and yeah there's mumblings on the slack about whether or not luke deserves another slight buff or a re-roll or something so he may get some minor changes soon as well mm-hmm. yeah it's also nice just to have a iconic figure like luke luke skywalker if you're a fan of the animated star wars universe ahsoka and ezra in it uh, so i i really enjoyed playing this list now just as a kind of final thought for anyone that is first starting out playing still considers themselves a beginner my one recommendation when you're trying out this list is play it really aggressively because i think you'll learn a lot more by losing your figures by playing too aggressively than you will by hanging back and not having things happen because part of what is going to help you to improve a lot with playing a list like this like very offensive melee unit list is you have to figure out how much of a beating they can take so when you are playing your first few games with it run them up just see how much of a beating they can take how much they can dish out and i think you'll learn a lot more that's not to say that that's a good strategy for playing your games competitively but you will learn a lot more that way i think than if you are playing timidly. This is not a list that you kind of hang back and try to play it safe. You have to kind of push the limits and, and see what you can do with them. Yeah, I think I think I guess that advice maybe changes depending on what sort of personality type you are and how you learn things. That's true. But very very useful to be able to kind of make mistakes and still have beefy enough units to push through. Yeah, so definitely just invest in in some games that you know that you're going to lose, and just to see what you're see what the figures can do. Okay, all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next one. All right. See you in the next episode.